rise up Whoa, not gonna give up Whoa, we're gonna rise up Welcome to Rise Up, hosted by me, Steve Collum. I'm so glad you're here today, and um, I really value that you're, you know, spending the time to hang out with me. and And hopefully, this um, this podcast is really kind of giving you a couple of nuggets or making your day just that tiny bit brighter and better. Um, and I'm so excited because uh, today I'm going to be interviewing. Um, interviewing Bill O'Hannon and uh, he is not only a good friend and a great guy and we have so many laughs but he is super knowledgeable he's written over 40 books he actually wrote his last um, 41 books so you just finished that a couple weekends ago and so um, he's written, he's had over 87 songs cut by artists and different people. Uh, he's written uh, 305 uh, songs just this year uh, with his collaboration team and um, his sync team. He is super, super successful. He's a, a psychotherapist and he also has, um, that's what his major is. And, and he's, one of the coolest things that you're going to hear is that he has actually, um, uh, he's focused a lot of his uh, a long a lot lot of his career on solution um, based therapy and not just focusing on the problems and the issues and but he's really you know it's even just in knowing that just as as I say that you know that he wants to help people and he wants to make this world a better and brighter place and he drops so many um gold nuggets and and gems in this interview it's um you might want to you might have to come back and watch it a couple of times or listen to it a few times he is absolutely amazing and um and uh, so anyway, before we dive in, I just want to let you guys know um, that, you know, if you want to sponsor this, if you want me to keep continuing doing this, please uh, become a partner over at um, patreon.com forward slash Steve and you can become a partner there and, and also head over to um, the pod, um, the Facebook pod podcast groups where we actually talk about a lot of this stuff in this group. We talk about the, the, uh, the cement or the um the interviews and little lessons and little takeaways and i'd like to get to know you there and so um you know it's you guys are getting to know me and and my guests but i want to get to know you more and um so head over there it's uh rise up with steve column and it's a facebook group so it's a private group so you'll have to ask for permission to join but it's a very safe area there safe zone where we get to hang out and and do this more more in depth more um just on a different level, just another layer or another level in. And um, also, if if this has been helpful at all, please um, consider um, uh, writing a review and, and giving us a five star review. And and um, hopefully that will, you know, that will. I know that with the more reviews, then higher it goes up on the um, the search engines and the um, the list, so that people actually can find it a lot easier. And we can shine this light. You know, you you by doing that will help shine a little bit of light and you know we these podcasts are all about being positive and helping people and sharing motivational and inspirational stories and there's so many people that need this i know that and and so 
anyway, enough enough of that. Um, we are going to be diving in, and uh, this is this is an amazing, uh, amazing. Uh, he shares a little bit on his story and um, and some amazing takeaway things. So I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to spoil anything or share too much. So let's go ahead and dive in this guy's work and some variations on it. And I started to call my work solution oriented instead of problem oriented. And that I love it. I did that for about 10 years. Shy as I was, my anger about the field being so biased towards what was wrong with people drove me out to speak and uh, on a mission to change the world of psychotherapy. And that led to later, much later, writing books. Wow. Well, gosh, and I, I love that. I think that's so powerful. You know, I I might be more of the kind of, because I'm positive, you know, I might be more of the person to lean towards, well, what do you have going for you? Let's focus yes. on that than, than just you know, getting in that hole and just going around and around and around a circle of how well, you would have had a tough time in graduate school in psychotherapy because they were all like, oh, you're just a Pollyanna, everything, you know, it's a Band-Aid on a gaping wound. Well, I made a whole career out of that kind of can-do resource-oriented, I called it possibility therapy later, solution-oriented therapy at first. And and so you have that natural tendency, and I do too. I mean, despite the fact that I've been depressed, I'm I'm kind of psychotically optimistic about life. You know, I just keep hallucinating better futures, and that's partly how I motivate myself to do the hard stuff in life, to go through the hard periods. Like, yeah, you know, and even with my clients, I would joke with them. I'd say, you know. I'm sort of psychotically optimistic and I keep seeing a better future for you. I know you don't see it yet, mm -hmm. but I do. And they would say, well, great. As long as you do, <laughs> I don't have to at this moment. And they said sometimes that would really influence them to keep going and to not lose hope because I did see that possibility that their life could be better. Now it's not always better. It doesn't always get better. Sometimes it gets worse for a while, but I do think we've left that out of a lot of the self-help and psychotherapy stuff. We're so focused on the diagnoses that we give people and what, how their childhood and their traumas messed them up. Wow. Yes, of course. And, and their genetics or their biochemistry is a limiting factor. Yeah, but we all know people with that kind of, those kind of limitations or biochemical or physiological or neurological problems that do amazing things despite that. And so I want to make sure we balance those things. Oh, I, I I love it. I think that is so so cool. And and one of the things you touched touched on just a little earlier was that you were so fired up and so passionate and so almost angry and just like you wanted you wanted to make. I was it. I was angry. It was not almost angry. I was pissed. <laughs> right. You wanted to set it right and and help people. It's just like people are all lining up like lemmings and they're falling off a cliff. And it's like, guys, 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 you know, you're uh, no, you know, the other, I way. made it my mission to change how psychotherapy was practiced on the planet, which is what gave me the energy to do those books. And to, I've given over 3,800 talks or workshops around the world. And I think there are four energies in life and you, you, you illustrate some of these, but it's blissed, blessed, pissed, and dissed. 
And they give you the energy to do what you need to do. And I had some of those in excess. I mean, bliss. I love psychotherapy. I just couldn't get enough of it. I loved reading about it. I loved understanding myself and other people. Uh, blessed. I had mentors who saw something in me and encouraged me and took me under their wing and, you know, blessed me in some way. And that released some energy in some direction, but then pissed, you know, like, I was righteously indignant about what was going on in the world. And then the last one is this. Where were you disrespected or someone you cared about disrespected? And that goes back to my molestation because I realized I had a compulsion after that molestation. Whenever I was in a confusing situation or I didn't understand something, I felt compelled to understand it and make it simple and clear for myself. And then the world. So that made it easy for me to outline books or workshops or later online courses, which you and I have both done. Um, I, Whenever I would co-write, I would be the one that would be super clear about what the thing was about. Wow. I would I would come up with the outline. It was com compensating for all that confusion, which made me kind of anxious when I didn't understand something. So that wound, that dis turned into a blessing for me, a strength and a resource that was a comp compensatory resource. I compensated for all that anxiety about being about being confused, but then it turned into a strength. So that's another thing about, we were talking about post-traumatic stress. Sometimes the thing that wounds you becomes your the source of your wisdom and strength and abilities. Wow, that that is just that is super super powerful. I know there's people listening right now and um who who are thinking about exactly the trauma that they're talking that you're talking about that they know exactly what's going on and and for you to just turn around and say that one day will could be the source of your power of your strength of your of your passion and gosh that is huge. That is that is very powerful. I mean, Leonard Cohen said it in his poetry and his song anthem said, there's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. And it's those through those cracks, the light gets in. But I also think that's how the light comes out. Yeah. It's through those cracks where you've been wounded sometimes. Wow. Gosh, that's another mic drop right there. That That is just so powerful. That's um, and I think, yeah, I like the way that you you flip that what what that song said you flipped it that that's where the light actually comes out the light comes in and the light comes out and it's especially when you're when you're so close to you know uh, you know as i said you know at the beginning of this year that my, the big trauma for for me and my wife was our stillborn uh, baby and um you know the first few months it's just pitch black you know it's just black as anything but as you know and people say you know people did say to us and say oh you know somehow this is going to be a positive thing and it's like wow <laughs> you know I, yeah that's not a thing off. to say right at the beginning definitely for sure yeah yeah it's like well whatever whatever you say you know I, I don't see how on earth that could be positive but every month that goes by it's like it's like like a crack in the wall it's like that it's the tiniest little thing where it's like is that a little crack I don't know is that a little bit of light I, I'm not sure you know it's not as dark as before so maybe it is but but um gosh that's so powerful Bill so, so, okay. So you've written, um, you've written over 40, uh, over 40, uh, 41, uh, officially 41 books. And I encourage all the listeners 
go over on Amazon and and check out Bill. Check out Bill's stuff. You can spell his name B-I-L-L-O-H-A-N-L-O-N. So go go over there and check out his, he's got so many books. And you've already talked about even just two of the books. Like those would be huge helpful to people. What was the two books? Like you talked about the the three um being blessed, um blessed. Or- Bliss, blessed, pissed, and dissed. Pissed and dissed. And so what uh, What books? That actually, I don't know if that's in any of these books. Um, I wrote a Excellent. book called The Lazy Man's Guide to Success, which if you go on my website, actually, billowhandland.com or billowhandland.org, you can get a free copy of that book. And that has a, a, an earlier version of that where I said two energies, you know, it's it's blissed and pissed i just had two but i've made slight variations on it and i made some of those variations in there so you can find out that's free it's just a pdf download from there um and you'll get on my email list and things like that the one that the book that got me really well known was the book got me on oprah which was called do one thing different it was about making a small change to make a big change and I was on Oprah with that, and uh, she showed it as a rerun, and it, gave, it sold a lot of books. Thank you, Oprah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> That's great. So uh, that it still makes money. It's been it was 1999 when I was on there, and it still brings in money every six months. Thank you, Oprah. Uh, it helped me become a songwriter because it's like the old joke, you know this, Steve. But you know, how do you make money as a songwriter? How do you make a million dollars as a songwriter? Start with two million, <laughs> so, <laughs> and then you lose one. Then you yeah. One left. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. No, I mean, you and I have found a way to make a little money uh, in, in TV and movies and commercials and stuff like that. But most songwriters, because of Spotify and the streaming services, aren't doing well these days. So, yeah. So, um, so just going back to um, just be becoming an author or writing your first book, was there, and I don't know if you can kind of remember, I know you've touched on, um, you were just so passionate and those four keys. You couldn't help but just write everything down, and it kind I of had to, even though I wasn't a good writer and I wasn't a natural writer. But you know, the other thing, you and I have co-written some songs together. When I first got to Nashville, I'd only written songs on my own, and people in Nashville said, "Oh no, you write with other people. That's what we do here." And I'm like, "How do you do that? It's such an intimate thing to write a song." You know, I'd only written it on my own and poured my heart and soul out, and I learned to co-write. Same thing. My first book was co-written because I just didn't have the confidence or the wherewithal to do it myself because there's a lot of steps to writing a book. Um, My second book, that was three years, blood on the keyboard. It was hard. It was hard to collaborate with somebody whose ideas were a little different than mine. I had my second book took nine months to write. And it was because and I wrote it on my own. It's because I had really worked out those ideas and I had a great outline. The first book I was working out what was going to be in the book while I was writing it. That was hard. It was really hard. So for me, I wouldn't start a book unless I had a lot of energy and passion for it because it's a long haul, different from writing a song, which can take some energy too, but it's three minutes and you can probably finish it in a reasonable amount of time. A book is probably going to take you, even if you self-publish, Minimum six months. It's probably going to take you a year and a half from conception to being out in the world. And if you have a publishing company or an agent, it's going to take about that long for sure, maybe two years. So you have to have a lot of sustained energy. So don't start without a passion. 
also start with a clear idea. Again, you and I have written songs and we, you know, sometimes you go in and just wing it, but often you come in with a seed an idea or a really clear idea. I want to write a song about this mm-hmm. and I want to write a, you know, a banger pop song about this. Mm-hmm. And that really focuses you. That's why writing for TV and movies and commercials is really great because they give you the brief and they go, we want an R&B retro song that's about uh, leaving home. And you go, okay, I can do that. That's the brief and we're really clear. So that's the second thing for me of writing books is just get so clear what the book is. The third thing is make sure there's an audience for it, you know, because um, I've coached about 400 books into existence because I have an online course about book writing and I've done some live presentations and workshops on that as well. And sometimes people come up with what they think is a great idea, but nobody's that nobody wants to pay for that and nobody wants to spend the time reading it. It's the same thing with online courses. It's the same thing with songs, I guess. But um, there has to be an audience for it. Somebody has to want to spend their energy and time and money learning about that thing or getting or consuming that thing. And so for me, because most of my books came out of my workshops, I was I was doing public speaking for 10 years before I wrote a book. And I knew people were interested, you know, at least in my audience, they were interested in these topics. So I had a little advantage to that. Now, sometimes I'll write a book without having gone out and taught that thing. But I'm pretty clear because people will ask you the same questions like people ask you you know how do i get into writing for sync which is tv movies you know there is an interest in that because people are hitting you up all the time they want that information so make sure you know the sweet spot for me in writing a book is where i have a lot of passion for it i have a clear idea and other people are interested and you know there's a market for that if i can find that place that's great. And these days, way easier to write a book than it was in my day. First of all, you got the internet for, you know, research if you need to do research. And you can do self-publishing. Self-publishing was hard when I started. So I always was going to publishers. W.W. Norton was a big publisher um, in New York and Chicago has uh, published 17 or 18 or of my books, of the 41 books. And, you know, I had agents to sell them to HarperCollins and and uh, Penguin and, and big publishers because you needed those publishers in those days to get your book into the bookstores, which hardly exists anymore. Bookstores, it's almost all online. So way easier to do self-publishing and self-promotion than it used to be. And you can find the people that can help you edit the book, create cool covers you know, distribute the book, market the book that you couldn't before. It was well, it was very expensive and very hard. Now it's way easier. So, um, yeah, and I, you know, people don't read quite as much as they used to, but people still read. And people also attribute authority to someone who's written a book. I, I don't I can't tell you how many hundreds of people have come up to me in my whole career and said, I've got your book. I haven't read it yet, but I came to your workshop to see what was in the book because they just can't, they don't have the time or the energy or whatever. And I'm like, totally okay with me. You know, I'll be talking about something that's related to the book here, but they treated me like an expert because I had a book out. And that helped when I was doing public speaking. People would come to my public speaking because they knew I had a book out 
and I had some credibility. Same thing when I did online courses. It gave me credibility as an expert in trauma or couples therapy, or I've written about hypnosis and the kind of brief therapy I do, solution-oriented therapy. And now these days, I've written three books on songwriting, and my fourth, the one that just finished the last weekend, was you know on songwriting. And I don't have that much success yet built up with songwriting. I have some, but I wrote it with hit songwriters. So that gave me credibility. And now people ask me sometimes to give little talks on songwriting because I mastered what was in these books. So um, it does give you credibility and expertise, even if you don't sell a million books. I've earned more money from the things that came as a result of people knowing me and seeing me as an expert because I wrote a book that I sometimes have on the books. I mean, the one that was on Oprah made a lot of money and uh, these songwriting books are actually making a good amount of money, but you just get credibility because people see you as an expert in that area. That That's awesome. And and the biggest question I know so many viewers have is, is they might have tons and tons of journals or or writings. And, and, and I know it's probably, maybe it's not even organized or anything. That's one big thing that you're sharing on is the outline. But what about the big fear factor of letting people know? Um, do you, are you just have no fear anymore? And you're just like, this is yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't. I mean, I coach so many people and they're like, well, what if they think I'm a fraud and imposter? I'm like, Huh, that never occurred to me. I just thought I have this. It's really helpful for people. I've got to get it out in the world. I never, but everybody has their own things. Mine was I'm a good procrastinator and I'm kind of naturally flaky and lazy and naturally disorganized. So to me, you know, I had to overcome other things. But yeah, it's like you're running up a flagpole and see who salutes it. Maybe, you know, maybe people will say, oh, you're full of it and you don't know what you're talking about. But everybody has, you know, something to contribute. And I think, I feel weirdly like I'm letting God or the universe down if I don't write this book. Because somehow in my experience or knowledge base, I have this thing that could help somebody else. I mean, why did you do this podcast? You're like, I think people need this. Mm -hmm. And if somebody said, who the hell are you, Steve Cobb, to do this? You know, you say, well, I'm just me. And maybe nobody will listen to it or watch it, but maybe there's one person out there who really needs this that's worth the price of admission. If there's 10,000 people, that's even better. If I can touch one person in their life or 10,000 people and I can make a little positive difference or a big positive difference in their life, you know, to me, I have these two principles. Figure out what you're supposed to do and, you know, really think it through and have your doubts and fears then. As soon as you figure out what you're supposed to do, Treat those doubts and fears like a tape recording in your mind. It's like, thanks for sharing. Oh, you don't know, who are you to write a book? Yeah, thanks for sharing. I'm writing my book. Um, Oh, I'm not sure I can actually carry through and write a whole book. Yeah, thanks for sharing. I'm writing my book. You know, I I once heard this guy, Bryce Courtney, he wrote the uh, book that was turned into a, a movie called The Power of One. He didn't start writing books till he was 50. Someone said, what? And then he wrote like 12 books or something. And people said, 
what's your secret of, you know, how you're so productive and how you've written so many books? He said, my secret is bum glue. I just glue my bum to the chair and write, and I ignore all those feelings because they're not helpful. You know, the feeling of I can't do it. I don't feel like it. That's the way I've written all the books I have. But you have to get clear on what the project or the book that you're going to do at first. Once you get clear on that, yeah. I love saying this as a psychotherapist. Once you get clear on what you're supposed to do, ignore those feelings. They're not helpful. (laughs) Most of them are going to be doubts and fears and self-criticisms. You know, tune into the feelings of you can do it and you have to do it. But tune out those kind of negative, unhelpful feelings and, you know, don't get in touch with your feelings when you're writing your book. (laughs) Did you say don't get in touch with your feelings? Get in touch with them when you figure out what you're supposed to write. After you figure out what you're supposed to write, do not get in touch with your feelings. Do not. uh, That's actually that. I don't know if you've written that one or if that one to come. That's a that's a title right there of a book. Don't get in touch, don't with, get in touch with your feelings. The ultimate anti-self-help book. <laughs> yeah. But it's so it's so true because we get please. I do not need to write another book, Steve. Please stop me before I write again. I okay. think um, you know, well, you just finished one last weekend. So if we have this conversation next weekend, you'll be like, Yeah, yeah that's right. Now I'll go, oh man, I have to write another one. Oh no, please. <laughs> that's so great. Gosh, Bill, that was absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for your time and your and your um you know your passion and your and your and the wisdom that you've shared. You know, you're you're all about helping this world. You're all about sharing and and giving. You're all about pouring out to others and it definitely shows in this interview and you're you, you thank you so much. You've just dropped so many things and um and I encourage all the listeners right now um, jot down or on your phone or um, take a little note, take a little, write down a few of those little things because, you know, one thing that happens when you when you listen to some something, it kind of goes in, um, you know, it's like a sponge, it kind of has to soak in, but when you actually go ahead and write it, you end up reading it, which is the second way you're going to learn, and then you end up maybe saying it out aloud, and when you write it, so you're actually learning and you're sinking it in deeper and it becomes more of you, even if you never go back to those notes, or if you maybe only see those notes one other time, you're still going through that process. And that's at least three times you're diving in deeper and making it, cementing it into your life. And so absolutely try that. And and um, I'm so thankful again that you're hanging out with us. And, um, and please, if you want to become a partner, head over to my Patreon account, which is patreon.com forward slash Steve Column. And um, and consider being a partner. Consider um, uh, being a sponsor of a show, and um, and also uh, any five star reviews are greatly appreciated. Any of those reviews would be awesome. And I also head over to the Facebook group, which is Rise Up with Steve Collum. Um, and uh, yeah, and I'll see you there. Thanks again. I'll see you there. Yeah.